Hey friends, welcome to Forging the Path. My name is Adam, and I had a thought a couple days ago about this podcast, and I wanted to share this with you. I, we've already got a number of awesome interviews with local leaders that are lined up. I'll release those Monday mornings on Spotify and on Apple. But my thought was this. What about a Friday morning episode that's a little bit shorter, concise, super easy to listen to, maybe 10 minutes, in which I share a story and ask a question or two? And I think that could be really powerful and encouraging for a number of different reasons. The first one is is really, this is just what I see Jesus do all the time in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus told parables. I, I believe he told about 30 of them. But a number of them are, are repeated in other Gospels. So, so some people, you know, count them up to almost 50, and other people, you know, count them at about 30. Nevertheless, Jesus told a lot of stories, a lot of parables, as one of his primary teaching tools. And we were made for stories. Every time you crack open a book, every time you watch a movie, um, and, and every time we, we catch up with, with friends we haven't seen in a while, um, we sit around the fire. You know, we are telling or listening to stories, and we're living in an epic story, by the way. So, stories. Questions. Uh, Jesus asks, I believe, about 295 questions, although many of them are repeated. So, again, depends on how you want to count them. But, regardless, he's the master of asking us questions. He answers questions with questions. He asks his disciples questions. He asks his, his Pharisees, uh, those Pharisees, he asks them questions. And so the, the power of a question to make the learner or the disciple own their, their process of, of growth, development, and learning and discipleship super powerful. Questions also invite a dialogue. They, they beg a conversation. Questions have a way of building trust with people. And so stories and questions, we're going to dive in. Today's story is about a man named Polycarp. Polycarp lived in the Roman Empire in the second century. Here's the story. Like a scene straight out of Gladiator. Polycarp was dragged into the Roman Colosseum. Discipled by the Apostle John himself, this aged bishop faithfully and selflessly led the church at Smyrna through the persecution prophesied by his spiritual father. When John wrote in Revelation 2, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful even to the point of death. Now, John had died half a century before, but his voice still echoed in Polycarp's ears as the Colosseum crowd chanted, Let loose the lions. That's when Polycarp heard a voice from heaven that was audible above the crowd. Be strong, Polycarp. Play the man. Days before, Roman bounty hunters had tracked him down. Instead of fleeing, Polycarp fed them a meal. Perhaps that's why they granted his last request, an hour of prayer. 
But two hours later, many of those who heard the way Polycarp prayed actually repented of their sin right there on the spot. They did not, however, relent of their mission. Like Jesus entering Jerusalem, Polycarp was led into the city of Smyrna on a donkey. The Roman proconsul implored Polycarp to recant, swear by the genius of Caesar. Polycarp held his tongue, held his ground. The proconsul prodded, swear, and I will release you, revile Christ. Eighty-six years I have served him, Polycarp answered, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The die was cast. Polycarp was led to the center of the Colosseum, where three times the proconsul announced Polycarp has confessed himself to be a Christian. The bloodthirsty crowd chanted for the death by beast. But the proconsul opted for fire. His executioner seized his wrist to nail him to the stake. Polycarp stopped them. He who gives me strength to endure the fire will enable me to do so without the help of your nails. As the pyre was lit on fire, Polycarp prayed one last prayer. I bless you because you have thought me worthy of this day and this hour to be numbered among your martyrs in the cup of your Christ. Soon the flames engulfed him, but strangely they did not consume him. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him, Polycarp was fireproof. Instead, the stench of burning flesh, the sense of frankincense wafted through the Colosseum. Using a spear, the executioner stabbed Polycarp through the flames. Polycarp bled out, but not before the twelfth martyr of Smyrna had lived out John's exhortation, be faithful even to the point of death. Polycarp died fearlessly and faithfully. The way he died forever changed the way those eyewitnesses lived. He did what the voice of heaven had commanded him when he entered the Colosseum. Polycarp played the man. So, my question after a story like that, my question to you, friends, is in what way is God asking you to play the man in your life right now? Some of you might be in the middle of a really hard marriage, a lifeless marriage, a struggling marriage. How might God be calling you to play the man? Some of you men right now might, might not have a great relationship with your kids. What does it look like for you to play the man? Some of you have a job you can't stand. Some of you have a job in which you're not giving your best. So what does it look like for you to play the man? In what areas of your life is the Holy Spirit inviting you to step up and play the man? Because it could change the way people around you live. Not to mention it could change your life. So the question, in what ways is God asking you to play the man?